Creighton Hobbs is an independent filmmaker, born in South Mississippi and living in Alabama. His autobiographical documentary, How Many Chances, is available on Amazon Prime. His life is truly a roller coaster ride of ups and downs. I highly suggest you watch his documentary to better understand who Creighton is. This episode, we speak about how to make it as an independent creative in a world run by big corporations. From funding to distribution, we cover it all. Our conversation starts with Creighton talking about starting to write his book and getting it published. I was at that time managing bands and uh, <laughs> I was managing local bands and rest professional wrestlers, like in the not in the WWE, but you know, the guys that go into the ring and put on spandex and ridiculous costumes. So I was, you know, that's what my life consisted of. And I was on the road every weekend. And, you know, besides doing the shows and the PR work, I uh, just would grab pieces of paper from the hotel rooms or bring and buy a notepad from the dollar store and I would just write, 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 and I would think about things in my life. And uh, one of the wrestlers said, like, won't you go and make, you know, type it up. You're good at typing. And I was like, sure. So I typed it up. I sent it to, like, 500 publishers. I got denied by every one of them, except for, except for two, and I took the better of the deal. When you were finding these 500 publishers, where were you looking? Like, how are you finding these, all these publishers? Well, I, I looked on Google and I Googled it in and this one website, I don't know who it was, but was like, look, here's a whole list of publishers. And, you know, this is how their websites and things like that. This was. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So I just went through all of the emails and sent them out, you know, by snail mail. If I had to do that. And, and I got a bite. I got two bites. And sure enough, I took the better deal. So, I mean, if you're able to, can you talk us through this publishing deal? Did they pay you or did they just agree to like help the, the book get uh, into stores? Like what was the kind of process here? Um, well, they saw it and they knew that I would be there. You know, I would be a new kid on the block. First book, first thing. And so the offer to me was... All right, we'll sell your book at like Barnes and Nobles and, um, uh, you know, a bunch of other chain stores and stuff. But the way we're going to do it is we're not going to pay you a big lump sum of money like we would if you were Stephen King or uh, Michael Crichton or something. You know what I mean? Uh, we're just going to give you royalties off of it. So for every book that sells, you get a cut and we'll handle everything else. And I'm like, that's fine with me. You know, <laughs> I'll take it. From the book to the documentary, what was happening in between those times? You know, what, what were you doing once the book was, you know, out in the stores and whatever? Did you always in your head have this picture of this has to be a documentary, but it has to be a visual element to go with this or? <laughs> well, when you go public with your life and you like your life and you're kind of like, all right, I'm just going to let it all you know, put it all out there. There's not too many people that, because I don't care who you are in this world. You're kind of like, there's stuff my mama don't need to know about. 
And uh, that's uh, what I had to go through. And I thought, well, it would be kind of cool if I could take a my literature, my writings and stuff and turn it into a movie or a documentary. And when the contract ran out with the publishing company of my book, I made a movie out of it. So then that way I didn't have no qualms or getting permission and going through all that haggle. I was like, well, you know, the contract's over and it's, I can do whatever I want with it. And I decided to do it on my own. You would say from the beginning, you've always had kind of, you know, a very, not, I wouldn't say traumatic, but definitely a, a tough life. Everything's been kind of just like not smooth sailing for you. So I'm assuming the process of, of independently making this film was also not a smooth process, just judging, <laughs> judging by the pattern of, of your life. Oh my gosh. Um, at, okay, so the very, I remember the very first time I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get sit and I'm going to go get a very, very nice hotel room over at one of the casinos and have a, a you know a nice backdrop type you know better than what I got here and uh, and I was like you know and I'm gonna just gonna sit in a room with another camera guy and do this thing. Sure enough, it wasn't. I think maybe two days later, that's when COVID that you know like hit. I mean, like you know, it just. And like everything just whoop, just stopped and dropped. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky that I did that. You know, then a couple months later, everything's going smooth. Well, I had a low diabetic blood sugar attack. And I must have obviously went to my computer and I deleted every bit of my footage. Every bit of it was gone. I, I, I was like, what happened? <laughs> so I had to recall everybody and be like, we got to do another interview. I'm sorry this happened. And <sighs> so, so how did you fund the, um, the, the kind of recording process? Because I'm sure it's not cheap to to go about and record all this and edit this. So how did you fund it? Well, I've been saving my pennies. Uh, I've been saving my nickels and my pennies and things like that. And, you know, when there's a term I like to say, because uh, your podcast is a lot about business, right? So th there's a term for anybody out there, if you're thinking about investing or what, it's called show business. You can't have the show without the business. I like that. You got to, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, hand in hand. Yeah. And to, to, to make money, and I'm sure you know this and your listeners know this, to make money, you got to spend money. Well, in the film, when you make a movie, <laughs> I don't care if it's a big Hollywood thing or a Harry Potter movie or an indie guy like me, the trick of it is to spend as less as possible <laughs> to get the to get the biggest return of how many people can watch it. Uh, that's what I did. I put my mind to where, okay, I need to 
hire voice actors or I can do this. I can do these special effects or I can do the editing and this will save me, you know, $3,000. And then I can just use that $3,000 invested into marketing. And it's just me trying to squeeze the squeeze on uh, the the dime or the nickel per se to make it nice and worthwhile for anybody in the world to watch you know and i think that goes with most people in the film industry it, it hit amazon which just my luck finally hit me uh the my spotlight production they have their own platform right where they put stuff and it's basically what i say you know the stuff that didn't make it to amazon and that's where i landed a hole and i was like oh my gosh it didn't make it to amazon out of the blue they emailed me and he was like it's on amazon I'll take it, you know. <laughs> I it was it like, does yeah. seem like you, you have this amazing luck with things. You know, bearing in mind most of your documentaries about not dying, the, the, I feel like that is luck in, in of itself. And then now your luck is kind of based on like you just out of nowhere things are just falling, not falling in your lap. I feel like you are putting in hard work to get these things, but it's like you did not expect for it to go on Amazon. No, yeah, I, I had hopes and dreams of it, you know, and going out, you know, that kind of thing, but. Um, at first I, I was like, well, it's been a couple months and I ain't heard nothing. And then, you know, I was kind of doing the, poking the lip out, you know, <laughs> thing. And, but then, uh, my spotlight productions and they sent me a email and was like, here's the links. It's up there. I didn't question it. And I was to, like, you have to just go look for yourself and check and be like, right, let me go into Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'm on Prime, 100%. There it is. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and what's so funny is, like, in the documentary, I interview my dad and Bernice. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I came up to my dad and I was like, you know, it's on Amazon right now. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And I, that's the same reaction I got from Bernice. I was like, Bernice, you know, your country talking self is on the world. So yeah. people can watch you now. And she was like, oh, God, I sound like Honey Boo Boo's mama, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you said My Spotlight Productions. How did you manage to find them? Was it like another kind of Google search deal again? Dumb luck. <laughs> Dumb luck, man. It just happened. I, I had made a documentary called The Mystery of Winnie Evans, um, which that's on Amazon as well. Um, that's like about my great aunt. And, well, as you know, everybody, they got some kind of enigma or mystery in their family of like, what happened to that? Well, I put my investigative journalism skills to work and I figured out what happened to her. So I made a documentary, right? And I, I just put it up on YouTube. I didn't, you know, I was like, whoever watches it, watches it. And then all of a sudden it started getting thousands and thousands of views. And I was like, did I make something that went viral? You know, and uh, I was just happy with that. But then my Spotlight Productions sent me an email and said, hey, we watched The Mystery of Winnie Evans. We want to cut a deal with you. 
And I actually Skyped with them, you know, and had a video conference and uh, which is really funny because, you know, here I am, my Southern, you know, my Southern, I can't help it. My accent, I grew up, you know, in South Mississippi and South Alabama, but uh, I'm talking to all these suits and people that are very, you know, knowledgeable business people. And I'm like, the first thing I said, they was like, well, hi, hello. And there's all good and proper English. And I'm like, well, I guess if y'all ever wanted to see what Harry Potter would sound like with a Forrest Gump accent, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) So they loved me. They was like, we want to keep you. I was like, thank you for adopting me. You know? (laughs) So had you, did you already have uh, how many chances uh, recorded and edited before you'd kind of got this deal with with uh, my spotlight productions mm-hmm. okay so, yeah. but it hadn't come out yet i'm assuming uh, right yeah i i made one uh that mystery winnie evans and then i made another one called my paranormal experiences and um that's i'm like every filmmaker that's one i don't like talking about uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh then i learned from my mistakes and things I made boo-boos on. And then I was like, you know what? Let's go into pre-production with how many chances because I, I think I can pull it off. And sure enough, I have. So you've got three documentaries under your belt. Do you have any kind of, because um, I, I understand your deal with my Starlight is kind of like, I guess it's you throw stuff their way and what they do with it is what they do with it type thing, right? right yeah they take care of all the hard work <laughs> so do you have any kind of ideas to to do like a feature film or or anything else or are you just a, a documentary kind of guy well i am right now in the process of writing out a limited series called the history that haunts us and it's going to be like a psychological slash horror film but it's going to be very, uh, it's going to be a limited series because I only have so much money to pull off that because, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very independent. I don't like me personally. I don't mind uh, the big Hollywood studios, but the problem is when you get into a contract with them, it's like, you better do what they say or you get nothing. You know, and it's like, well, this is something I wrote and spent months writing. <laughs> Why are you doing this? You know, and it's like, almost like a child. <laughs> yeah. So have you have you ever considered taking on any, any of these Hollywood budgets and uh, had any of those conversations? Well, I didn't like certain aspects like... Um, you know, when I was talking to one of them about an idea and a film and this and that, and they was like, God, we love it. And I was like, okay, well, let me see this and this. Let me see a sample contract of what you're going to be doing for auditions, right? And this is what people in Hollywood, they, they kind of ignore this subject. But like when people, especially women, come to audition, in that thing, they say, if it's called for and there's a nudity scene, you have to do it. And, you know, and I, I'm very ethical 
you know, I'm like, uh, uh, uh-uh, I ain't signing my signing this. You know, I'm not going to have a contract just because of money to, you know, compromise my ethics. Um, you know, you can tell a really great story without becoming nude. So, so for you, the the Hollywood contracts is kind of like you were losing more than you gained, even though you were gaining money, you were losing on your ethics side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you, staying independent has kind of granted you this freedom, this ability to to keep things how you want them to be. Do you feel like that that kind of makes your your productions suffer in any way, or, or you know what I mean? Like what what do you give? What do you you know lose when you're on the independent side of things versus you know what I mean the bigger <laughs> budgets? Well, what you lose is big money, honestly. You know, um, and. What you also lose is the access to the big name Hollywood stuff, you know, like um, Tom Cruise or Harry Radcliffe or, you know, someone to, you know, that's really famous. And you could get them on an independent level, but who you ain't got a lot of money, then you might as well just forget that, you know. So, so, uh, you know, but it's like, I've seen independent films, honestly, they, they would bring in these Hollywood names and their movie would flop. You know, it's because what a lot of people is the story, the, the story that you're trying to tell your audience. And um, usually if your story's good, they, they overlook, you know, not unless they're all getting you know, had a lot of beers and they're like, man, that was messed up. You see that part where he screwed up on that camera shot, you know, <laughs> you know. So you, so you said kind of in the beginning of your documentary that, you know, you, despite, cause I didn't obviously know what was going to come up, but you said at the beginning, I don't let any of this stuff stop me. Cause the, you know, the beginning is kind of like you're setting the scene or whatever. You don't let any of this stop you and you try to live your life to the fullest. So in living your life to the fullest, you know, what, what would you, what would you suggest or say to other people? Like, how can they do that for themselves? I would say that if you have a passion, um, whether it's writing or acting, um, you know, on film or on stage, or uh, if you just want to be successful in business, you know, whatever that business may be, do it to your fullest extent. Try to make it every day as success and even if it's just a little thing of like well you know today i made a contact or today i emailed somebody or uh even the because i i really believe the little steps will eventually get you to that where you want to go you just got a baby crawl and baby walk and and then just go and take it day by day and if you have that chance to fulfill your dream, if you put your mind to it, you could do it. So it's just the kind of small steps adding up to the to the bigger picture is, is what you'd suggest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how long have you been on this kind of independent filmmaker journey? Probably uh, for, I've been in and out of it for about 20 years. 20 um, years. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, I've always tried to be the behind the scenes kind of guy, um, it, you know, because like 
I, I just never considered the recognition or anything like that. You know, I mean, uh, I know, I know independent films, um, if you get a, an award from a festival, you know, that's bra- that's bragging rights. But to me, I never wanted bragging rights. I wanted to create a show that people would watch and enjoy. That was always my key thing. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't need another picture and hang up on the wall. You know, <laughs> well, I, I found out the other day that a lot of these award shows you have to pay to enter, and it's like for most people, that's like that's not in the budget that you've got to pay these thousands and thousands of dollars just to just to be considered, not even to actually get your your film or your documentary on these things, and like that yeah. probably keeps some of the better documentaries and TV shows and whatever out of these things. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. even though you can win something at Sundance Festival or whatever festival, is like, is it really worth it when you're going up against big, yeah. big name producers that have endless budgets? Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's. I've always told people and other filmmakers, if you're going to do a film festival, I have no objection to it. If you got the money to spend, you know, if you have the extra money, okay, uh, because you're going to be networking. You're going to be meeting other filmmakers, other actors, other people, and that's good to broaden your horizon. And if you win, then that means you got a couple of weeks of bragging rights. You know, I mean, and that's something that you can use for marketing as in winner of this festival. And that might catch the attention of, you know, somebody who lives in Wales, you know, be like, well. I'll watch it because they won this award, you know, never heard of it, but okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> you spoke earlier about, you know, when you're, you're managing these independent budgets and all this kind of stuff, what, what do you spend on marketing? How do you market things? You know, cause that's something that's always of interest to me when people are independently doing stuff, like how they market mm-hmm. themselves and, and the, their products. Right. Well, with me, I, I tried my best to make a strategy and uh, like I, I rely on social media, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook and all the gobs, the other stuff that's out there. Um, and I do as much as I can to, I look at my past with my other films that, that I've got released and I say, okay, well, this worked, but this didn't work. Uh, maybe I should try this, or maybe I should try that. And like filmmakers who own their own studios, like me, we we chat on Facebook Messenger and texting and stuff. And it's like when we find something that works, we're like we tell our friends. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I think this might work for you. You gotta check it out, or this, or something to that effect and that's the way i do it um like now i'm relying heavily on getting the word out through podcasts like your your show and because i've realized that you know if you made a 30 second commercial and aired it on like if i aired it on the bbc and then i aired it on Fox Network and ABC Network, and I spent tens of thousands of dollars, more than likely, I wouldn't get the, my money back. 
it's just putting it out there. And when you have a personal connection with people, like I hope I'm doing with your audience, I hope they haven't been like, God, who is this Southern redneck? You know, <laughs> but you know, uh, if you if they're like, you know what, this person is like for real. This is a, somebody that I would probably invite to a barbecue. You know, <laughs> so then I've realized that one-on-one with those people who are thinking or considering watching your work, that goes more than any amount of money you could ever spend. One thing that I was kind of really kind of amazed by is like you, you have this, this sense of determination that this, this mm-hmm. kind of very, very obvious sense of determination of like, I'm, I'm doing this thing and there's an intentionality behind it. When did that kind of kick in for you? Or has that always just been there? That's just always been there with me. Uh, it's kind of like, um, the best way I put it, if if uh, you, and I mean you, Sam, and your viewers, if you have an idea in your head, um, like, for example, if you're with somebody and you get this idea in your head of, you know what? I'm going to romance my wife tonight. And you're like, I'm going to buy flowers. I'm going to cook her her favorite deal. I'm going to get the music she loves. And then you do it. I promise that's, that's determination on your part. That is you. That is me. That's the same aspect of mindset. Because when I get this idea and I think it's a good idea, I go full force as much as I can with it, you know, without trying to be obnoxious, <laughs> you know, to the public. Most definitely, most definitely. So going forward, you said you're writing this um, horror kind of thriller um, limited series. Do you have like a, because I know a lot of people always want to ask this question, do you have like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan? And, you know, if you do, what, what does that look like? Well, with this one, oddly enough, um, I would say it's probably going to be a five-year plan with it. Um, because I mean, I, I, I hope, uh, but it's like, it's going to be four shows, just four shows. And then if people are giving me feedback and they're like, we want more, please give us more. All right. I got a returning person that's telling me that then we'll make you 12 shows well after that if it's you know really does well in life with you know people and they watch and enjoy it then we'll make a feature-length film and we'll answer all of the questions in that final film but it's gonna be a five years before that final piece of the puzzle is put there so you know it's it's that that's what we that's what we hope you know okay and so for you with your kind of being an independent filmmaker and and, you know obviously having some success what would you say your family thinks about this kind of career choice you know because a lot of families don't really support people when they're creatives uh-huh oh yeah uh well 
my mom, she always knew that I was going to do something uh, big in life or something. She just, I guess that would be a mama's intuition or something. Uh, I guess it would be that, you know, they always want their sons to do great. Right. And, but when I decided to film thing, my mom always told me, she was like, she would always say, you can't work on a car worth of crap, but you can tell a story on film like nobody's business. And she said, I really think that what you're doing, you're on the right track. So, and my dad's the same way. Um, you know, he, he supports me, but in the very, <laughs> the very English dad way, he's that quiet supportive type, uh, uh, you know, because like the Hob, the Hobbs last name, and I'd looked it up on ancestry. You might as well just hang up the English flag in our family. I mean, like we still have English little treats and traits that we've still kept alive in hundreds of years from the Hobbs family in England. So, uh, but my dad, he's very supportive as well, but just in his own quiet way. Right. <laughs> so outside of, um, you know, your, your filmmaking career and all that kind of stuff, what, what else do you get up to? What, what's kind of like, what do you do in your, your, sp your spare time, your free time? Um, my spare time, what I like to do, I like to go and like comic book shops, to be honest. <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm a big nerd. I mean, I, I, I really am. And, um, I like to go to museums as well. I like to just take these sporadic, well, before COVID, the sporadic road trips and like, you know, see these old houses that's not really on the map and find those interesting things. And then as soon as I see or hear it, I'm like, man, that could be a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just constantly searching for inspiration is, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm constantly looking around for, you know, um, new and better stuff that's out there. And I just, I love hearing stories that, you don't hear in the mainstream. Right. Yeah. No, to me, that's like, Ooh, I want to, I want to, because I found out through the years of filmmaking, don't give people the same thing that right. they're used to. Yeah. Give them something different because why else would they watch it? Really? Exactly. You know, I, I feel like there's a lot of that at the moment with people where people are like, Oh, oh they really enjoyed this type of story let's just give them this type of story again you know different characters different name tv show but it's like you gotta you gotta take a chance with audiences and uh and hope that you know that that, that they're able to enjoy what you what you've mm -hmm. given them so, yeah so you like comics um any ones in particular because it, it feels like your life is kind of like a comic book story oh wow yeah <laughs> that's that's great i like that uh Probably, oh, I've always enjoyed growing up reading the Avengers. Okay. Believe it or not, that was my thing, and Batman. Right. Um, and um, I believe now. Don't I'm not sure on this, but I heard 
that they're filming the new Batman movie somewhere in England. Yeah, or, yeah. The, uh, I think if, if you talk about the one with, uh, oh, I forgot his name. The Robert. guy from Twilight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That one, yeah. They're I think they've finished filming it, but they were filming quite a lot of it in London, yeah, mm -hmm. which was yeah. odd. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> excited to see him be Batman, to be honest. I'm not. <laughs> After George Clooney ruined it, I was like, maybe they should stop making Batman. Christian Bale did it the best. Yeah, opinion. he did. Yeah, he really did. I must admit, I do, I do personally love Batman quite a lot. He's, uh, I don't know if whether it's the money or the fact it's like he doesn't really have like super superpowers. Like it's believable. Like someone could be Batman. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's it's somebody that's human who's normal, and they just are a billionaire, and they can afford all these nice mad luxury gadgets. things. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. So, so so for you, it's uh, it's kind of like you're always looking for the next piece of inspiration to get you to the next story, to the next story, to the next story. And so going through the, the, the period of time we're going in, this COVID time, what, what has been kind of keeping you, um, you know, inspired or keeping you driven through this time? Well, I find what inspires me is my friends and my family and the people I work with. Because, um, you know, uh, you ever heard of that old saying, uh, birds of a feather flock together? Yeah. Uh, okay. Same thing in the film industry. And a lot of times, filmmakers, we, we get inspired just by hanging out with other actors or actresses or writers or producers. And we, we just, we're like, you know, we come out of there with just like our own brain just exploded and then we want to get home and start working or get back in the office and just like you know and make this thing happen and it's just wanting to create but inspiration for me i would say family friends and my colleagues really that would be my three yeah and so through this time is has it kind of because it's been nearly a year now who who knew that covid would have a birthday it's been nearly, it's been nearly a year. So, would you say this is like delayed any of your plans? Well, yeah, it's changed because now it's like, all right, I can't have a big crew, right? Uh, I I can't. I just I can't take that chance. Um, mm. you know, no, no pun intended. You know, chance to how many chance? But <laughs> uh, uh, it's where I'm going to need smaller crew where originally I would have, you know, the actors and actresses and then their personal assistant, if they was there getting them coffee or whatever and all of these other people. But now it's kind of like, look, I just need the actors and actress, the stunt coordinator, me, the director, and uh, trying to think, that's about it. <laughs> A camera person. <laughs> and it's like, Y'all better have be tested for COVID before you even show up. Right. And uh, so there's a lot of things that I know is going to have to change. And a lot of people are doing that. They're still making movies. Don't get me wrong. But that's one thing that ain't going to end. Uh, but uh, it's definitely an adjustment. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I can't get a lot i just got to get 
what I need. I, I listened to an M Night Shyamalan interview, and uh, he had the whole cast crew. So I'm talking everybody from the the riggers to the actors. They booked out this hotel. It was like, no one leaves. No one goes anywhere. You're here for the next three weeks. We're filming this TV show. Everyone's COVID tested beforehand. And, and like, like, like I said, even down to the drivers of the, of the transportation, everyone stays in here. Everyone goes in here. Nobody leaves. It's three weeks. If you can't do it, then fine. But if you are going to do it, it's going to be great. We're going to make great television in the way that I imagine it to be. And it, it sounds very kind of intense that this is how things are having to go mm -hmm. now just because of how coronavirus yeah. is, is building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an adjustment for everybody uh, because, you know, uh, all filmmakers, well, not all, but most filmmakers, we're, we're soft hearted people. We really are. Yeah. And the one thing we don't want to do is hurt our cast and crew especially the ones that do it for free that just yeah <laughs> that's there and it's like we're just here to help you out because you asked you know and we don't want to hurt nobody and uh, so we all have has we, we've all had to rethink how to shoot it and it's like on the indie level it's like if you're not needed then you know catch you on the next one type thing i mean it's like nothing personal it's just i can't take the chance i mean so how are you deciding like what what kind of people that you're going to cut out for the production or you know how you how are you managing mm -hmm. this well it's really a time kind of management like thing if um for example if i'm going to be outside and uh shooting a you know, uh, just for example, a death scene of a horror movie, right? Well, I would get the props people to show up before everybody else and do their job, make everybody leave, except for that one main person who knows how to do any case, this stuff just in case something breaks. Yeah. And then the actors and actresses, it's just management of time, management of moving in and out so there's not so many people there because uh actually um the guy who's playing the new batman in london he got covid yeah when he was shooting and you know all the comic fans were like what you know how did batman get this you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know he is just the actor and but sure enough and i think when that happened it really opened up the eyes of people who make movies so yeah. be safer so you said you're in is it missouri or alabama no mississippi you uh, said mississippi that's where i grew up oh, the okay. first yeah i grew up my first 18 years of my life there and then i moved <laughs> Uh, about a 25-minute drive away to Alabama. Okay, and that's where you're at now? That's where I'm at now. What's, mm -hmm. what's, uh, what's the kind of current state out there for COVID? Is it lockdown season or is everything open? It's really weird. Like in Alabama, I, you know, people are still wearing the mask and, yeah. you know, six feet apart and all that stuff. And But like right next door in Mississippi, 
they're not they have no mask mandate they've 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 thrown that out the window and it's like the state is open for business right and so it is kind of weird so like with me i can drive 20 minutes to what i you know mississippi and i'm like where's all the mask at they're like you ain't got to wear them but you can if you want you know so so, yeah, so Mississippi's kind of a, a, a free a free place because I know there's a lot of that in Florida yeah. right now. A lot of people are moving mm-hmm. to Florida just to experience life <laughs> like normal. Because, really? Yeah. I mean, here in here in London, um, we're in lockdown, but there's a place up north called Liverpool where they are not doing any lockdown. They're not closing anything, and it's like bearing in mind America's got you know states. This is just a yeah. city. This is just one small city in, in the country. And it, it, it's so amazing to see some people like, so around Christmas time, you know, nothing was open. But then a few people that I know in Liverpool, I'm like, how are you eating in a restaurant? I'm like, oh yeah, you guys are just like, we're not doing this lockdown thing. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's one of those things now where I'm wondering how long can this go on for? Because it's it's mm-hmm. really starting to you know in the in the beginning it's like okay we're trying to keep people alive we're trying to you know make sure things are, are okay out there but it's like now it's starting to hinder people more than it yeah mm-hmm. yeah it it you know you can't and people if you, your viewers are watching this and they'll be like yeah there's only so much television I can watch uh, I've got to go outside and get in the sun I've got to walk around and you know, breathe the fresh air. And, um, and actually in my, how many chances I touch a little bit on COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I actually filmed, uh, the city of Biloxi, Mississippi. Now, you know, for those who don't know, but Biloxi is kind of like, imagine Las Vegas, except it was on a beach. And, but there's not that many casinos, but there's like eight or nine. Right. And so there's always traffic. There's, you know, this and that. It's real touristy and it's fun. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And it's like 24 hours a day. There's always traffic. But when the city of Biloxi shut that place down and I got there one hour before the, you know, there was nobody. Yeah. So I was able to ride around for one hour and videotape of what it looked like. There was nothing there. So it's kind of like if the, if you and your family ever decide to go to Biloxi for a vacation, you can be like, hold up. You, you got to watch this on Creighton's documentary. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see this place you, empty because you wouldn't believe it yeah. was like this. <laughs> so, so Biloxi is kind of nearby to you. So would you say, because I'm really bad with um, kind of geography, but I'm assuming Missouri's a no Mississippi's a, th- a southern state, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so yeah. would you say that, that living in the South is what kind of afforded you the, the lifestyle you had? Like, as in, if you were if you were in LA, maybe you wouldn't have had all these crazy things happen. Or uh, right, yeah, um, maybe yeah, I, because you know I have a lot of roots in Mississippi and Alabama. Family's just everywhere. And, uh, like, I really think if I wasn't where I was at when these incidents and things like that happened, um, it it just makes me really think of that saying, uh, 
things do happen for a reason, even if you don't understand it. Uh, and I, I kind of believe that, you know, I mean, so, yeah, if I was like in L.A., I don't know. I, I Things may have turned for the worse. I may have got shot out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, isn't Mississippi an open carry state, though? Um, no, they, they, you got to have a permit, uh, you know, to carry it, but it's not like the wild, wild west, you know, not everybody's carrying around guns and stuff, you know. I mean, that's how a lot of people over here, especially see America. It's like, this is, everybody's got a gun. Everyone's riding around in a massive truck. You know what I mean? Eating a burger and drinking a milkshake. That's, that's kind of what we see over here. And I'm pretty sure over here, you know, it's just a whole bunch of people on bikes drinking tea. It's very kind of funny. I know. <laughs> We've always thought of our English as the second or first cousins, mm-hmm. as our, you know, as cousins, that first and second cousin yeah. that you see at a family reunion once a year. And, you know, <laughs> and we've always, you know, thought of it that way in the filming industry, the filming world, you know. So I'm assuming that you have a kind of like a global network of independent film makers you know because you seem like the kind of person who researches mm-hmm. and finds people and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. what would you what, what advice would you give to people about building a network you know online or building a network in general as an independent because you're an independent artist i guess as an independent artist how, how would you how would yeah. you go about that if you are wanting to build i would say start with the people that you know your best friends and your family and your friends um, and say, look, I made this. What do you think? Don't sugarcoat it. You know, don't sugarcoat this. Like, you know, people in the South drink iced tea, you know, just sweet iced tea, you know, just give it to me. The real hard truth, take that truth and take that criticism and make it better. You redo it redo it and fix it however even if you don't agree with it listen always listen to your people that are close then after that show them the final product and i promise you if uh like if you have an aunt that watched it she's going to show it to your fellow kin folks and she's going to show it to her friends and if they like it they're going to show it Boom. Next thing you know, your thing has turned into what happened to me. Just it's gotten viral. It's gotten where people are like, wow, I've never seen this before. And I so enjoyed it. And, you know, even if you have 100 new eyes that watched your work, my God, think what's what happened if you pull it out, made something else. You're probably going to have double that. So just keep making, keep creating and show it to all your family and friends and everybody else and see what they say. And because they like it. Yeah. And what's one thing uh, us Southerners and English folks we got in common? <laughs> we love to talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. <laughs> Yeah, you also tell you the truth good. about what we think. <laughs> it might not be directly the, the truth. It might be a bit like, oh, oh, maybe you should. And as soon as you hear that from an English person, it means they didn't like it. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe, <laughs> right. you could, uh, maybe you 
Have you tried? You know what I mean? That's that's normally how you you got to learn how to decipher these things. It it comes with time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. And uh, you know, and like down here in South Alabama, if uh, like they watch your movie and they say, "Bless your heart." <laughs> that's not a good thing, you know. <laughs> when they say "bless your heart," that's just way of saying you should have not done this. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you spend on that, honey? Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, like, oh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did yeah. you tell me this? <laughs> yeah. So, but luckily, I haven't heard that yet. So, thank God. <laughs> well, you can find how many chances on Facebook and Twitter. Just type in how many chances and it'll pull the pages and stuff up right away. Um, and then on my personal, not personal, but uh, the other Facebook is Creighton films. Um, so that's that. And um, with Amazon, you just type in how many chances, just like you did. And uh, you'll see a, a candle type little thing and you'll see it and give it a watch i mean either you're gonna watch just like you did sam watch it all the way through and get intrigued by it or you're gonna watch it and be like that's two hours of my life i can't get back (laughs) you know (laughs) thank you for listening to people explained new episodes come out every monday We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend.